Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger. And in this podcast and in my communities, we always talk about building a business. But there are actually people out there that are buying businesses after the curve of failure. Essentially, within the first three or four years of a business life, the chances of failure is like 95%. It's just crazy. Um But Jared, my guest on today's episode, buys businesses after that point that somebody's already poured in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into this business, and he buys them afterwards. So really cool episode. Got really got me to thinking about, you know, how to expand what I'm already doing, how to grow. And instead of creating brand new businesses all the time, why not just buy something else? Maybe it's something that's complimentary to what you're doing. So let's say that you are writing a blog. You're a blogger. Maybe you buy another person's audience. Maybe you buy somebody else's Facebook group. Maybe you buy somebody else's email list. You can buy assets. You don't have to buy the whole business. But uh, this, this is a fascinating interview. I learned a lot from Jared and it just really gets my wheels turning about how um, I can increase what I'm trying to do by buying other people's businesses that they've already started. So here's my interview with Jared. So guys, this is Jared Krause. Um, so Jared, this is my business building legends group. These are um, a lot of e-commerce sellers. And um, I'm also, guys, we're recording this for my podcast as well. But um, Jared messaged me through email because he, um, you know, he's obviously trying to build his business. He's um, wanted to see if I would be, if I would be interested in having him on my podcast and guys, I get so many, and Jared probably knows this. I get so many emails from people requesting that type of thing. And usually I just delete because I don't know these folks. And to be honest with you, I've never met Jared before. So, but I looked at what he, what he was doing on YouTube and what intrigued me was that he's, um, he knows he has, he's buying online businesses. And so that's not something that I've ever done before. I mean, I, I, um, I know teeny, tiny, tiny, tiny bit, but um, I'm always looking for new content to bring to you guys. And I know some of you are um, looking for doing other things outside of e-commerce. At some point, you may be interested in, in buying businesses. And in fact, I've, Jared, I was reading a book called um, Go Do Deals by a guy named Jeremy Harbor, and it's about mm-hmm. buying businesses. Now, you're, you're more online businesses, so it's, your timing was perfect with me reading this book. And I just, I personally, even if nobody else is interested, I'm interested to hear about what you're doing and the process and how to find businesses, what that even looks like. Because I don't really, I know very, very, very little about it. But he, I've checked out his YouTube channel. I'm like, this would be awesome. I'd love to meet him at the very least, see what happens. But um, yeah, guys, this is Jared. He's from Australia. So Jared, why don't you tell, I know that you were a plumber and that's, I don't know much about you other than that you've bought and sold three online businesses or you've bought three, you've bought three right now and still have them. Uh, I don't have the original three. I just got two of the original ones okay. that I did buy and okay. well, two. Yeah, no. <laughs> I got one of the original ones and I've got like a few others, like smaller okay. ones that I bought. Like I bought one last year or two last year. And Perfect. 
Cool. Well, I'm excited to learn from you. And because this is totally, I think there's gonna be a lot of people that are like, well, this may not be a fit for me currently, but maybe in a year or two or 10 years down the road, whatever, um, at least have somebody that they can, you know, kind of check out further and see what it what's because I mean, it's every, all these people in this group, Jared, they're, they're, they're hustling and they're building a business up from the ground from they're starting from scratch. And wow. so I know that one advantage of buying a business that's already in place is that that, that person you're buying it from has already done that and they've mm-hmm. already got customers. And so you can kind of skip ahead to year two, three, year 10, where they've already built this up. And it just sounds really cool to me. Like, wow, that, that what a great way to add to my portfolio. Um, rather than starting a brand new business from scratch, let's buy something that somebody else has already, already kind of put the sweat equity into it. <laughs> So, yeah, for sure, for sure. And that's where I started, right? And um, I'll tell you that in a second. You, you yeah. wanted me to mention a little bit about that. But I yeah. also wanted to say thank you, like, of course. for being open enough to check out my stuff and, sure. and, and go down this rabbit hole with me. It's, yeah, it is an interesting, um, it's an interesting space and, and it's really cool. Um, yeah, the, the, the point of like starting a business is hard. Like, and everybody listening, you guys here in the group, like, I'd take my hat off to you. I've been there. It's, it's so hard starting a business and people tell us it's super quick, cheap and easy to do. <laughs> and you're all there right now. Like, dude, it's not that it's not like that. Right. Um, it's hard. And that's what forced me down this route. Like I failed multiple startups hmm. and um, in between the plumbing, like I was running away from my plumbing job basically, which is what huh. a lot of people here probably trying to do is like, I want to get out of my job so I can, work online yeah. um, so i was running away from that job and and trying to start businesses and travel and uh after a few had failed i was like like all right i'm a plumber like that's am i gonna do this for the rest of my life mm. and then i came across that stat that 90 percent of startups fail which is actually um the small business administration study in america mm-hmm. that's their stat yeah. and then i was like oh hang on a second like let me get on my my good friend Google, who taught uh-huh. me everything I know about online business, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and uh, see if I can buy one of these businesses. And then I, I found out you could, and there's all this whole. Wow, that was literally your start. You heard the stat, and you thought, "Wow, why why would I start a brand new one when I can buy one that's already past that mark mm-hmm. of failure?" And you just started googling it. <laughs> started googling it, man, and. Wow. Um, found that there's like different places you can buy these websites. And then I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I've learned a bit about each of these different business models and try to start some of them. And it was cool because you could see how much those businesses are for sale mm-hmm. and then how much they're making and then how many hours it takes that owner of the business to run that business. And then I got to the point of like, all right, I'm, I'm going to take some of my cash and I'm going to buy just a small one. I bought my first one for 15,000 mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I basically had to teach myself how to, you know, I didn't, I, at the moment, at the time I was like, I didn't want to tell anybody I was buying a business because if it failed, you know, <laughs> right? I didn't want to have that public fail. Yeah. Sure. Um, and which was a stupid mistake, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, I still bought a decent business, but you should have people on your team and on your side, at least look at the mm-hmm. business and nobody, I mean, there's nobody out there really teaching people to do due diligence, like, yeah. these businesses until I started coaching and teaching it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as because most people don't even know it exists. 
uh, buying a business. So yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a, it's fascinating. Like I I recommend everybody listening to go and check out website brokers and stuff like that. This mm-hmm. this uh, industry runs very parallel and very similar to investing in real estate. Mm-hmm. But what you're doing when you're buying an online business is you're buying digital real estate. Yep. And just like you'd go to a website, I mean, a, a, not a website broker, but a real estate broker to buy a property, you mm-hmm. the same. You know, you, you go away and look at all these properties listed on these website brokers and, and break mm-hmm. them down. And, and then you go mm-hmm. away and do your, your research to make sure you're not going to go go and buy a bad property. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so what was your, so you were, um, you were in plumbing. Were, are you, comfortable talking about the businesses that you did buy those first ones. I'm curious, like, were they even in that niche at all? Did you know anything about those, that niche that you bought? Yeah. I won't tell you about the specific specifics of the niche niches. Uh, But the first one was a membership business. And I mean, that wasn't in plumbing at all. And that's a good question. Was it in, um, was it in a niche that you knew something about or had a skill set? I guess, I guess the question is what gravitated you towards that, area that you went to well the first one i knew ab- about it it was okay it was in the drop shipping niche okay and sure. uh well that was actually the niche it wasn't the model right the model was as a membership business okay uh that sold you know a package to people that could get access to a database of wholesalers and suppliers mm-hmm. so they could use them to start their own shopping drop shipping business. Nice. And prior to this, one of the businesses that failed for me is I set up a drop shipping business. Okay. So I knew a bit about drop shipping. Yeah. And that's what attracted me to that was it was in a niche that I knew. Mm-hmm. So I knew like the target demographic. And then also yep. that it was in a membership model. What mm-hmm. I like about the membership model is that when you buy a business that's in the membership model or SaaS or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you've already got a customer base yeah. paying income to you every every month. You don't yes. need to rely on future sales. You, it's already right. been done. So yeah. that's a really attractive business model to buy. Um, mm-hmm. So that was the first one. The second one, it was in a niche. It was in a clothing niche. Okay. Um, that and this is drop shipping as well. Uh-huh. Uh, the business model, uh, and I knew nothing about the clothing niche. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. of interest to me. I was complete opposite to me growing up by the beach and being a surfer to this type of clothing niche that I was in. Um, and I don't think niche really matters. I, I think niche can be a double-edged sword. In fact, okay. that. When we're so passionate about something, we can put the blinkers on and we could run thing into the ground, even though the signs are clearly there that we should stop because <laughs> this yeah. thing's not going. Yeah. Is it pretty much then a do you, for um and guys to go to his YouTube? What's your YouTube channel? Uh, uh, it's buying online businesses. Okay. And I'll put a link in the show notes for these guys that are listening. Or you can just type in my legends. I'll put a link afterwards, but um, you, he has a lot of free content on there. And I've um, right after he reached out to me, I I went on there and looked and just watched several videos, Mm -hmm. but um, it's really, really good. So if you just kind of want to get a taste of what he's talking about, he shares some of the sites and we'll go into some of those too, where you even look for this stuff. So is it basically a data driven decision? Like it, you know, you're looking at these sites and you just see, you're just, you know, essentially just looking at the, the, you're doing the due diligence that you teach and that's pretty much it for you. It doesn't even really matter if it's in a niche that you know anything about. The first one wasn't data driven. It was emotion driven. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just 
just being real. Like, yeah. and this is the same with most people is, and that's why I like to just grab them before they go away and jump in with their emotions. Uh-huh. It's, it's pretty, pretty exciting to go away and Google, all right, this business is like, say, $100,000 and it's making $30,000 a year in net profit. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty easy to go, wow, I can buy myself a $30,000 income and just, and just believe in that vision so much that we forget about like this business might not be a great investment. So yeah. the first one was not data-driven. Okay. Um, tried to be a bit, but the second one and the and following ones is all data, all data-driven for sure. Yeah. Like working out where the risks are, mm-hmm. um, are the risks, you know, how big are those risks? What's the, you know, CB, uh, cost-benefit analysis. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people will invest based on emotions and in and invest based on how their life would look like if they owned that business, which okay. can prevent them from seeing some of the things. Yes. So what I like to tell my, my crew is that we shouldn't buy based off opportunity. Most people buy investments because like, Oh, this is an awesome opportunity. Mm-hmm. I like to buy based off risk. And mm-hmm. what I like to say is that we shouldn't prove that a business is a good business. Mm-hmm. which is what most people do when they're looking to invest based on opportunity. We should prove the business is a bad investment. Mm. And if we can't prove the business is a bad investment, then we must buy it. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Wow. What are some of the, so um, I know there's people listening to like, oh my gosh, I want to start just at least digging around. Um, I know you've talked about like empire flippers and there's Flippa. Yep. What are the, um, and there was another one I mentioned, you think you said you had a friend that created it or something. Um, I don't know which one that one is right off the top of my head, but what are the main sites that people could start digging into and just start even looking where these businesses are for sale? Yeah, great question. Um, I'm very lucky that the space isn't too big at the moment where I'm, I'm lucky enough to know the CEO of Flipper and the founders wow, of Empire Flippers. Awesome. And- all of these, you know, the founders of FE International, that sort of stuff, sort of come on and um, come on my podcast even and onto the summit. So I've been very, very lucky in that sense. Yeah. But the one that one of my buddies um, started, John, um, he started motioninvest.com. Motion Invest. With a couple, okay. other, with a couple uh-huh. of other people. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, motioninvest.com is where you buy content websites like blogs. Mm. Empire Flippers is a really good one. Um, for blogs and also e-commerce businesses, membership businesses. Um, that, then you've got Flipper. Flipper's, Flipper's great in the sense that it's like an open marketplace. So okay. it's kind of like Craigslist, I guess, yeah. in the States. In Australia, we've got Gumtree where you, or Facebook uh-huh. Marketplace where you can list your own yeah. thing for sale, Okay, uh, which is a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing because it's Flipper. And Blake, who's the CEO, is um, working hard now to try and pre-vet sellers of those mm-hmm. businesses so mm-hmm. people don't get taken advantage of on an open yeah. marketplace like that. And mm-hmm. they've done really well. It's, it's gotten better and better over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's heaps. I would just say Google website brokers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you'll have those ones that I mentioned and more. And then, yeah, have a look at like how much are they selling for? How much are they making? You know, what sort of work is required? Is it taking two hours a week, five hours a week, or 10 hours a week to run them? Mm-hmm. Do you find yeah. that the sellers are like um, under, uh, 
Yep, of course. Under, what's the word? On, they don't exaggerate. They, uh, the a business that. that takes 20 hours a week, they say it takes five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And that's what you've got to realize. Like, be realistic uh, with an open eye of like <laughs> 20 hours per, like five hours per week. Well, if you, those tasks that you listed just here on the listing, mm-hmm. that wouldn't take me five hours per week. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And sometimes people forget how long they spend on customer service. Oh, yeah, just, you know, four emails a day or <laughs> half an hour a day. Yeah. yeah it's, it can be more. Um, and then you do have businesses that have team and systems and, and you know, mm-hmm. these bigger businesses where you can buy them with their system set up. A lot of mm-hmm. things are automated and stuff like that. So, yeah. And that's, would that happen after you start? After you make that initial contact, hey, I'm interested in learning more. Is that where you find out if they have a team of VAs and all the people that come along with this thing? Or if it's just this one guy that's built this thing up and getting out of it? Well, I would say most of the businesses around sort of under 200, 300K mm-hmm. would be a solopreneur okay. that have outsourced virtual assistants or may have some outs- virtual assistants on the books yeah. uh, and then have outsourced some like contractual work. Uh, and then sort of the bigger businesses will most likely come, will most likely have a team. And then some businesses, business owners will want to keep their team and take them to the next business. Oh, some will yeah. say, well, no, I will leave the team with you. Usually yeah. in the listing, uh, you'll find out about, you know, if they use VAs or if they've got a team and if the mm-hmm. team's going to come with you. Mm-hmm. If it's not in a listing, then you can ask the seller as well. Okay. From a high level, I know this is probably stuff you talk about um, in your group and your course, but from a high level, what if somebody's searching through these sites, what are some things that make you pause and want to dig a little bit further? What are some things that for to teach a newbie like me, like, oh, mm. that would be an opportunity to at least go further and check, check out. Yeah. I this is what most people will do is they'll look for that opportunity of like, oh, they they've got a business, but they don't have an email list. Mm. Um, I don't like being an entrepreneur and, and like we're really good at finding opportunities, like really, really good. Like you're everywhere, there's too many. Yeah, that's right. So I don't need to, I don't need to focus on that. <laughs> right, right. Because um, it comes naturally to us. So yeah. what I've forced myself to do and conditioned myself to do is to spot those risks straight up. Okay. Because I'm like a, I consider myself a, a guardian of those who come and work with me to prevent them from getting taken advantage of or buying yes. a crappy business. Yeah. So I've like hawk eyes for those risks. And uh-huh. so a lot of the risks are, for any business is single source dependency. Mm. Um, and there's a guy named James Schrempko who talks about own the race course. He's an old school internet marketer. He's still around mm-hmm. and he's just crushing it. He's a really nice guy. And yeah, what he talks about with own the race course is single sort, like you should own your traffic sources and mm-hmm. you should own, like if you own the business and you own the audience, then it's hard for these single source dependencies to like break your business. What a single source dependency is like if your website is getting all of its traffic from one single source, like Google, mm-hmm. that's a risk because yes. Google can just take, strip some of your highly ranked pages away. Yeah. Or if you've got single source dependency on Facebook ads, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that Facebook is playing a hell of a game in the last year and a half of just yes. closing people down. <laughs> yeah. So when you buy an e-commerce business and it's relying on Facebook ads and all of the sales are coming from those Facebook ads, you've got to realize that there's a risk there. Yeah. So that would probably make you just move on from it. Even though it looks interesting, you'd probably say that's just too too risky. Yeah. I, I believe so. If uh-huh. it's if it's if it's just Facebook ads and I can't see the that if I don't have leverage in an opportunity elsewhere. So sometimes people may be a Google expert, Google ads expert, okay. and they can see that they're selling a product like apparel mm-hmm. or like just say, just say shoes, right? People are, you know, mm-hmm. selling a business that's selling shoes and they're making a bunch of money through Facebook ads selling shoes. Mm-hmm. For myself, if I know that um, people don't go on Facebook to buy shoes, they don't go into Facebook. It's like, you know, I want to buy a pair of Nikes. Uh-huh. They go to Google to buy a pair of Nikes, mm-hmm. right? So the intent on the platform is different, but I can mm-hmm. see that they're making on money on Facebook ads anyway. But I know yeah. as a Google expert, I'm like, oh, cool. I know that I'm going to make more money through ads on Google because people go to Google shopping to buy those products, unlike yes. they do on Facebook. So the, yeah. So their intent is higher. Okay. So I could see, oh, they are. They've got Facebook working well. Great. I could mm-hmm. I could supplement that and cross pollinate it into Google Ads. Yes. So you can see you can mix your risk with opportunity. Okay. And and depend on where you've got what I like to call leverage when you mm-hmm. purchase purchase mm-hmm. a business. Uh, yeah. So that's single source dependency that I really look out for, and that's okay. not just single source dependency on traffic, but it's single source dependency on revenue as well. Mm. For example. Amazon business. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, a one Amazon product mm-hmm. and Amazon go, nah, this doesn't fit within our guidelines anymore. Kick your product mm-hmm. off. Right. Your business is gone. Yeah. Or uh, you've got one product and it's not on Amazon. It's off Amazon. And mm-hmm. the manufacturer goes, oh, we're not, we're not making that product anymore. Your business is gone. Yes, the whole business because you're single single source dependent and reliant on that. Or if you've got an affiliate income mm-hmm. through one affiliate, say it's Walmart, and Walmart goes, "Oh, we're going to shut down our affiliate program, or right. we're going to change our commission structure from ten percent to three percent." Right. Yeah, that's yeah. single source dependency. So you can. That's a risk, but that's also an advantage in that. that yeah. You can Are those things when you're scrolling through those um those listings, is it easy to find out if it's if they have traffic from multiple places, or do you have to dig deep into that listing to figure this stuff out? Uh, usually, we'll get Google Analytics access, and that okay. will tell us quite quickly uh, within a few clicks of where the traffic comes from and what percentage yeah. comes from. Google or Facebook or Pinterest yeah. or wherever it is. Okay. So Google Analytics is a really good, like anybody that's buying any website or online business, if you don't get access to Google Analytics, <laughs> don't buy the business. You need, yeah. that's necessary. Yeah. That makes sense. Is there a certain number that jumps out at you as far as, um, you know, it's making this much profit per month and their asking price is this? That's a good question. You've been on Flipper, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. You've seen, you've, I can tell that you've gone away and seen like, all right, cool. They're making <laughs> fifth. So they're making 
$5,000 per month uh-huh. net profit, but they're selling it for $15,000. Yeah. Doesn't make sense, does it? I know. Like it's, like it's we, too good to be true. Yeah, exactly. So I kind of just ignore those because I know mm-hmm. by the time I click on it and I look into it, I've wasted my time. Yeah. Um, that said, maybe you can buy something that's got like a, a very small multiple, like uh, one year multiple. Mm-hmm. Um, there are those diamonds in the rough, mm-hmm. but you have to spend a lot of time to try and find them. Sure. Does that, does that answer your question or like? Yeah, no, no, I, I, it does. I was just wondering if there was a certain number that makes you um, like as you're scrolling through these lists, because with Amazon sellers, you know, we're looking for profitable inventory and we can scroll mm. through on an app and, and there'll be things that catch our eye that make us go further into it to determine, mm. is this truly a profitable product? So I guess I'm trying to tweak them to make, help the people that are listening understand what um, how the similarities. I mean, we're buying a product for $5 and hoping to sell it for 15. Mm. This is a lot different. You better really do your due diligence as you're buying, you're spending hundred thousand dollars on something that's you know, a little bit more risky, market, but I know yeah. there's due diligence you can do to re- to decrease that risk tremendously. So curious if there was a certain, like, what are your, what are the things that as you're scrolling through these listings, catch your eye and make you look at like, Ooh, let's check out this one. Let's check out this one. No, let's not even bother check clicking on this one at all. It really depends on the business model. Like what I'd be look, it's a great question. What I'd be looking for in an, uh, a content website, like a blog, to see that's attractive would be very different to say an sure. Amazon business. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm not the Amazon guy, uh, but yeah. if I was looking at an Amazon business, I'd kind of be looking at, you know, and they're not going to share the details with me on a listing. I'm having mm-hmm. to sign in what they call an NDA. Right. Uh, yeah. And non-compete agreement. And then, so it wouldn't be something, wouldn't be something I'd be able to spot. Mm-hmm. with an Amazon business on a listing. Um, what if they've got like one or two SKUs or three SKUs, I think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, if they've got something like a couple of hundred SKUs, I might know. Like that's <laughs> too much. That's right, ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, that's a waste of time and a waste yeah. of money. Um, yeah. So there's also coming back to my point of like, single source dependency on one product you've also got you, you can also go too far the other way of like yeah. too many products okay in my opinion yes um so that's with amazon business with content businesses uh what i quickly disclude is businesses that have a hundred percent um single source dependency on one affiliate usually mm. they're amazon affiliates i kind of just don't go for those yeah. a lot of other people will but i just yeah. think it's a huge risk where they've got 90 percent of traffic from from google and 100 yeah. of. and do you find that out can you find that out from a high level or do you have to contact them to get the google analytics first to even find that usually you'll be able to find that out at a high level before that's you good go granular. yeah that's good so rather than looking for opportunities you're almost like filtering out the things you don't want this don't want this don't want this don't want this Ooh, that's interesting that's at least one that i i know that i don't not want <laughs> let's dig yeah. further into it 
Exactly. Should we? Should I open up, um, say, Empire Flippers and share my screen? And yeah, just let's go for go it. Through a couple of quick. I'll go through an FBA business, and then I'll go through. A, this isn't something I normally do. I only do. Yeah, no, go for it. I might have to edit this out of the podcast just because it's more visual, but that's totally fine. I or I might not. I just can just throw in the throw throw in a couple screenshots. But for yeah, the throw- people watching right now and on video, because um, we record the podcast for video as well, it'd be enormously okay. helpful. So, so you did want me to have a look? Yeah, go for it. Let's do it. Yeah, okay. Sure. All right. We'll just we won't spend too long. But, um, you know, this I is fascinating this. to me, by the way. So I'm mean, I'm I'm loving this. Hopefully, other people are too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just they trying to think what the, how does this play into my business? I would think like you know with um you know you you have a you have courses too, and so you know buying a blog makes perfect sense. A blog that are, is already in the niche that may complement what you're already doing. Um, yeah. Eric's on here and saying he loves this. So um, awesome info, but well, um, it's yeah, a I'm just trying to think strategy. where I might fit into this. What businesses would I be interested in buying? So this is, yeah, it's definitely helpful. a marketing strategy, Ryan. Like uh, I've got clients that are crushing it on Amazon, like millions per month. Right. Yeah. And they're like, Hmm, should I spend couple hundred K this month on ads or should I just buy this audience in that, the in for a business. Yes. That's already in that niche. Yes. Um, so just, which brings up it. another question I want to ask you about is like, if you buy a blog, let's say that it was your blog, Jared, that you were working so hard, you've been doing it, building up for five years. I come in and buy the blog, but Jared's yeah. no longer around. How does, yeah. that's a question to ask. I'm curious about what, how do that even works? E-commerce business is a little bit easy. Like if, if you build up this, you know, the uh, apparel business, Unless you were out in front or your picture was on all the pieces of clothing, it probably doesn't matter who owns that business. Mm-hmm. Um, but a blog and you know content marketing is quite a bit different. So okay, yeah, should, what, let's uh, let's dig into Empire Flippers. Yeah, okay, I'll come back to personal personal branding when buying sure. a business. Uh, but yeah, like as you can see, you can just see it, they, it's like shopping for an income stream, which is yeah. just cool. It's same. It's basically the same as like, if you say these were physical properties, like they tell you how much they are and mm-hmm. you know, what their yield is and stuff like that. Here we're up around the million sort 39 of 39 multiple. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's monthly multiple. Okay. Uh, so monthly multiple. Multiple. okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. A multiple is like how many times the net profit or the earnings before incomes tax and stuff like that mm-hmm. is, um, so some brokers do it by year and sometimes they do it by months. But we'll scroll down because it's going to be more realistic for people to buy something in between that 10 to 100K range. Yeah. So let's look at, say, an Amazon business, uh-huh. okay? And then we'll look at affiliate and display advertising yeah. this is a i would think like as for the people watching this that a lot of us that sell on amazon like one one way that this makes total sense is you know maybe buy the whole wholesale company that i've been sourcing from or another one that's in a in a similar niche that of products i'm selling um so instead of so i also you know so then i have to buy those relationships essentially right straight to the manufacturer um yeah, pretty much yeah. Yeah. I mean, buying you, up your vendors. Yeah. Basically <laughs> buying out your SKUs. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's dif- different points of leverage, like with an Amazon central sellers account, that's got like way more assets and value in it. And, you know, yep. you can 
probably get better results than some of the, if you're buying it from a, a single um, SKU Amazon business. Mm-hmm. So here's this Amazon business, uh, 60 grand. They're listing it at. That's okay. the asking price. Keyword okay. asking. Okay. Um, so I don't really look at, usually look at the revenue too much, but it's making about, you know, 1.1600 a month mm-hmm. in net profit. Mm-hmm. So they're selling a, a lot of product, you know, 20, yeah. 20K in revenue. The pricing period is over the last 12 months. The average over the last 12 months will give that monthly revenue there, which will give the monthly net profit. So nine units, um, 36 multiples, so 36 uh, so it's close to like a three-year multiple. Um, what I look for is this has been around for two years. Well, sorry, uh, three years now, yeah. um, which is great to know. It's got a trademark. It's got a Shopify storefront. I'd be asking, you know, what percentage comes from the Shopify storefront? This is mm-hmm. an area of my expertise now since so many people are on Amazon. They're like, Jared, help me get off Amazon. Right, right. Um, which is important. Well, this business is 100% Amazon FBA. wonder why if they have a Shopify storefront, does that mean they're not selling anything on there? Yeah, yeah. So they, exactly. So they say well-branded products have excellent reviews. I'd go through and check the reviews and verify that um, and also be asking what's the return policy? What's the percentage of returns? Um, mm-hmm. How's that handled with your manufacturer? Do you cover the cost and whatnot? Uh, minimal effort required, they say. 100% FBA, right? So they've got a Shopify storefront, but because they said 100% FBA, mm-hmm. uh, it tells me that, you know, all of them are listed and being sold through the uh, Amazon platform. Like, mm-hmm. And they even, they even confirmed here no income from Shopify. Um, and they say, they picture that as, position that as a growth opportunity. Yeah. Wherever it is a growth opportunity, but it's quite hard to do. Yeah. Uh, easily anyway unless you've got some you know with with $1,600 net profit you basically want to roll that over into ads on google yeah. to be able to do that um seller central two three hours per week maintaining the business i'd just get on when you do a call with them and just list out or just go what do you do on a weekly basis okay and then once you've listed that then ask, oh, how much, how long does it take you to do that? How long does it take you to do that? And then you can get the- It adds up to 10 hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then work out like, how long would it take you to do if right. you run the business? Yeah. <laughs> um, so they came in contact with the agent. They're in China. Um, so every few months. So this, these are the questions. Like I've got a, a lesson and it goes for maybe an hour and a bit on just how to do due diligence on Amazon, which lists out all of the questions you need to ask, like yeah. about a, buying an Amazon business, like what's the turnaround time for products, like how how much product do you need to have on hand, all of those sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Um, opportunities. So they go and they go through the opportunities, optimizing PPC. I'd be asking are you doing the PPC yourself, um, if not, who's doing it? Mm-hmm. Um, so they got an email list, which is great. Yeah, but I dare say they probably haven't really done much with it. So I'd be asking how many of those subscribers are active or engaged, yeah. um, and if they are, you know, what's the open rates? Because they can put this in. Yeah, you got all these subscribers, but <laughs> right. it's, they're not. They may not be valuable, which may not relate to um, 
the price point that you're willing to pay. Right. So as you can see, I look at this through the lens of like, where's the risks? How can I save you money? Because <laughs> that's my that's my role in this. Um, so yeah. they block out some data until you fill out your um, fill out your information. Okay. So yeah, um, that's basically it. all this other stuff is stuff that I've already mentioned. Um, so that's that's an Amazon business. We'll look at a content business now. Absolutely. So here we go. This one's just under 100k, so it's 95 grand. And uh-huh. it's making uh, $2,500 a month. So you can see the revenue uh, is very similar to the net profit because the expenses for a content site are usually pretty minimal to non-existent. Right. However, with this, I dare say that's just based on hosting and a few small other things. So you will need to calculate how much time or money is being spent on content creation. Mm-hmm. What what I picked up on this business is like it's got Amazon Associates and display ads, so that's why I clicked on it. I could have clicked on one that's just just got display ads or just got mm-hmm. Amazon Associates, mm-hmm. but I wanted a combination of both because that's single source dependency. And then yeah. what I quickly do is I go scroll down and work out how much is through Amazon income and how much is through ads. So okay. here it says six or seventy percent is from um, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, Amazon affiliate sales, but most of those affiliate sales come from the videos they put on YouTube. So Mm -hmm. it's not from, which I think is cool because it's not just from articles on um, the website. And then you've got 30% is um, ads on YouTube. So basically this is, you're kind of buying a YouTube channel here. Yeah. But if they're um, the questions that I would have would be, well, gosh, I mean, what if they're just amazing at creating these videos and I yes. buy it and I know nothing about creating YouTube videos? Like yes. that's quite a hurdle. <laughs> it is a hurdle. It is a hurdle. And what if they've got their face on it and I don't want to put my face on it? And there's different yeah. ways to create uh, a YouTube video. Uh-huh. Um, you, you can hire, you can, you can get the script, you can, create the content or you can hire somebody to create it and then you can get somebody to write it and put B-roll over the top of it all. doesn't right. even need to be you. But yep. that's also depends on the channel. If it is one person that's mm-hmm. got their own, like if I'm going to sell my YouTube channel, uh-huh. <laughs> people, most people wouldn't really buy it because they wouldn't be able to replicate what, what I do. Sure. Yeah, I'd buy yeah. your channel. Like who's this American guy with a funny <laughs> accent now that's buying this? <laughs> yeah, fully. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wouldn't work. So, would it? Yeah, traffic channels, um, organic. Obviously, that's through YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, rest is like all bloody bloody blah. We've I've quickly identified some things, but due to the nature of AdSense site transfers, um, yeah, you'd need to set up your own AdSense account for this mm-hmm. one. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Interesting. So, give me an idea of um. Okay, let's say that you've um you kind of done your due diligence on this one right there, the 95,000 one for the content. Um, and it was totally varies by deal. And, mm-hmm. you, but you have students now that have gone through this and you have some, probably have some numbers. Are most students offering the 95,000 or are they, are they doing, is it like real estate where the listing price is 95, but we're going to offer 75. The seller comes down to 85 and then we settle at 88 or whatever, or whatever, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's such a good question. Yeah. I, I don't, what I like to do is I like to teach my clients to become what I call an attractive buyer. Mm-hmm. 
Um, an attractive buyer is somebody that as a buyer, you actually have leverage. Mm. Now, most, so you want to change the game to you have more, you have, you're never going to have more leverage than the seller because at the end of the day, they're selling the business, but you sure. want to have more, you want to be able to put the leverage on your, some of the leverage on your side. Mm-hmm. How you can do that is one, be very good at due diligence and asking the right questions, which is why a lot of my clients are able to buy a business under a certain price point um, mm-hmm. or buy a business. They can put an offer in that's lesser than what other people have bidded and still come away and win the deal. Wow. Any idea? Like, is there a, is there a number that you would say like your clients are getting the business for 90% of the list price, 95% of the list price normally, or is it, mm. does it usually come out to be pretty close to what the seller asked for is what the end of well, this, price yeah. usually is. Yeah, that's a good question. Well, there's two sort of things that sort of metrics that um, are creating creating this result. One is that the the price of sites is going up. It's mm. a great time to sell a website. It's like real estate in here in yeah. the US. I imagine it. Is it the same in in Australia? Like housing, the market is just booming. Bananas. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, like they're getting pretty close to the asking price. Um, But yeah, I mean, to answer your question, is it like, let's let's like put, they're asking this much and I'm going to like lowball down here. What I teach my clients is to never do this. Like you're not going to win friends by doing this. The brokers (laughs) are just going to be like, oh my God, you're wasting my freaking time here. The sale is the same. It's not an attractive thing to do. What I tell them to do is like, be that person, that guy or gal that knows the value of the business. Mm-hmm. And you can only do that by being great at due diligence. And then you come to the broker in the sale and say, look, I'm going to do, I'm, I'm not here to play games. Mm-hmm. I know the value of the business because I've looked at all these other businesses compared to it and stuff like that. I'm going to offer one offer and nothing else mm-hmm. and offer the, offer the one offer. And they, if they come back to you and like, oh, you know, this other person bid that much, I'd be like, cool, that's congrats. Like, go away, take that deal because I'm not prepared to pay it. Yeah. Um, just don't play games and just say it from the front, like straight up, be straight up. That's going to buy you leverage. That's going to buy you respect mm-hmm. because, for example, putting yourself in the seller's position of like, oh, this person's offered this much. Great. I'm going to see if they're going to buy it for more. And when that person says no, uh, that as a sale, I'm like, oh, maybe this person knows more about my business than me or how much my business is actually valued. Mm. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This person is a good investor. I'm yeah. going to sell it to them because they're going to, they're going to make sure that this business grows and they're, they're going to look after it. my baby. Yeah. That I grew. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's good, if I, I, you can see, I break this and decompartmentalize this hugely yeah. to psychology and um, also just doing it within good morals, ethics, and values at the same mm-hmm. time, not stuffing mm-hmm. people around. The, like, like the relationship can be more valuable than the business you end up buying anyway. Absolutely. And you don't want to ruin that reputation. Yeah. Do um, When you buy a business for, let's say, even $100,000, are most of those deals cash only? Like, unless I have 100000 sitting around, am I going to the bank? to borrow that or are there, or is there a way still to be creative with these sites and say, 
if I buy in your business, Jared, like, is it mm-hmm. still possible to say, okay, you want a hundred thousand, I'll pay a hundred thousand, but can we do it over, you know, 12 payments or over two years? Do those kind of arrangements still exist? Yeah, they definitely exist. And this is what I suggest people to go for if they can. The unfortunate thing is, Ryan, like at $100,000 or less, if you're not paying all cash, there's going to be somebody else that will. Okay. And that's usually more usually more attractive to oh, a seller. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, um, but then once you start getting a bit bigger, then you have like, yeah, payment plans and earnouts. And if you, they won't go for an earnout, then you can go for seller financing. Yeah. Um, does yeah. a broker help out with that thing? Or do you, as the buyer, have to know and bring up these ideas to the, the broker? Uh, you would, the broker's going to want to go for cash. Sure. Because they're going to get their commission quicker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's definitely within your um, responsibility to okay. come up with a creative offer. And what I like to do when I'm looking at a business, I'm like, I ask the seller, what would you prefer? Would you prefer less money, but all in cash? Or would you prefer more money paid out over a certain period of time? And then when you get an answer, then it's up to you to be creative. Okay. Right? Got it. And creative on the offer of like, um, all right, this is what I'll give you cash and, or, okay, this is what I'll give you if I was to give you more money, but over time. And then sure. usually the broker, I mean, my last business that I bought as an earnout uh, was through Empire Flippers. Um, mm-hmm. The last one I bought through a broker as an earnout was through Empire Flippers. A few and tell me, it, um, and I think, I think I know the answer, but I want to hear it from you. What's a, when you say earnout, what does that look, what does a deal like that look like? So what it looked like is like I paid, a percentage, I think it might have been 70 or 80% for the deal mm-hmm. and then paid off um, the rest in installments. I think mm-hmm. it was over a four-month time span for me. Okay. Um, and then I oh, paid very that. Quick. Yeah. I paid yeah. that money to uh, Empire Flippers. Okay. And then they, I think they yeah. may have taken that out, out as the commission or something Got like it. that or whatever they do. But I, you pay your money to the broker. Got it. Um, and they okay. act as the escrow service usually. Okay. Uh, and so, yeah, the, the earnouts can be, you know, some people won't take less than three month earnout. Mm. Uh, depend. Usually, the bigger the business is, the longer the earnout will be or the seller financing. Okay. So, if it's something you buy something for a million bucks, is it possible to have a, a like pay you over a three year period, yeah. four year period, even? Yeah, okay. it is. It, it is. Okay. But I, I dare say three years may be too long for some okay. people. Yeah. Um, maybe yeah. two years, one to two years. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't say, I, if it was three to four years, I'd be like, that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Interesting. Is it part? I know that some of the people I've been listening to, I mean, well, I can say the people just that I mentioned the book that I read. Um, mm. That gentleman um, has a different method of going about it. He stays away from the brokers and he'll find yeah. it's a whole other business model. I don't think there's a right or wrong. I think yours sounds easier because the business is already listed here. You just, you know, pick one, do the due diligence and buy it. Um, so he's talking about like, building relationships with people going right to the seller, getting to know them. Hey, Jared, what's, 
I know and we we've been hanging out at the, our networking meeting and I can tell you're struggling with your business and how can I help you build a relationship? Have you ever thought about selling it? And that that approach was a whole different approach, which is seems like that would take a lot longer. Oh, you're yeah. making phone calls, you're contacting people and say, hey, I'm in the business of buying businesses. Do you know anybody that's selling? That's yeah. a whole different animal. Uh, it, smart operator. Um, and that that guy actually has a, 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 like a a decent size audience and business. And I think he's mm-hmm. one of the better. Okay. Smart um, operator. Okay. Better, better people in the space. I know that there's some people that are just like, I've, I've heard and seen some things from some people that teach this in how to buy a business, not an online business, but how to buy a business. And they've just had like the worst experience with, yeah. with them, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's an industry you're going to get, you're going to sure. get some cowboys, right? Like yeah. I, I agree with you. It is, uh, there's, it's a double, it's, there's a win with it, but there's also a loss with that method of like going out and finding distressed businesses. Mm-hmm. And the, the hard thing is that, yeah, you are going to put in the work, like yeah, you're going to put in the work and it takes, it'll take a lot longer. Uh, sure. And also with that, you can get a great deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to take longer to get to the deal because there's going to be a lot of emotions with a distress sale um, mm-hmm. and, and the business is going to have so many things going on with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people people can do this with an online business as well is they can go away and find the niche that they like in the business model they like and you know build a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Still, sometimes people that own the business are going to turn around and go, no, Mm-hmm. Right, and you put in all this work. Whereas, mm-hmm. so there's such thing as like a motivated seller and an unmotivated seller. Mm-hmm. You're trying mm-hmm. to work with unmotivated sellers, people that already have the business listed. They're selling. Yeah, They've yeah, already right. made their mind up. Um, so, I think it's a good way to go if you're prepared to put in time, effort, and mm-hmm. energy, and really get a deal to yeah. do it that way. Yeah. But most people I know are in the same boat of like, I've made my mind up. I want to income. Um, how can I achieve this as soon as possible? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Is there, um, I know we talk about, I'm just like the, about the comparisons of this with real estate. Um, and I don't, mm. I, I know a tiny bit about real estate to invest very passively, but you know, like there, if I was investing in real estate, I would not want to spend $40 million on a property that brings me $5 a month. Um, what's the, is there a certain number that um, most of your students are looking for? Like if I invest a hundred thousand in a business, I want to see at least, I think that one that you showed us was like two, $1,600 a month or the, the content one was two, about two grand two a month. A yeah. Yeah. I, the way I see it is like at the moment, you'd want to see at least like a 25 to 30% ROI. At the time, it would be uh, 20 if spending a hundred thousand and bring in um twenty five thousand dollars a year, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah um, that said, if you got one that was like almost no risk and you're able to get a 10 percent, like, oh, uh-huh. go for it, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, I mean, that's why that this is like online business is risky, like. The, the returns are there. Awesome returns. Sure. It's the same as crypto, right? Like right. 
crypto's like 3000% return in right. 17 and a half seconds. Yeah. Um, <laughs> gnarly. Awesome right. if you can get it, right. but right. that risk exactly. is so, so high as well. Right. Um, and, uh, this is why I like online business is that you, and I'm, I'm preaching here. So yeah, that's as good. Take this with a grain of salt, guys. Um, you are getting like a 25 to 30, maybe 40% return on your investment, but you're getting paid passively each month when you yes. invest in crypto and stocks, you don't do that. Right. Also in crypto and stocks, this is the paradox. People think they they buy an investment and they own that investment. Mm-hmm. When you buy crypto stocks, you don't own it. You may own a portion of the company in a stock, but you don't mm-hmm. own enough to have leverage right. to control the business. Yes. Control is super important in investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you buy a business, you control how valuable your investment is. When you buy crypto, you can't control how valuable it is. That's based out on the ether. Like the, the, yeah. the herd control it, not you. Mm-hmm. Uh, online business, you control it because you can renovate, flip, grow it. Mm-hmm. Physical property, you can control it as well. Yes. Renovate, flip, and grow it. And that's right. why I think there's a great, beautiful blend between... Yeah. Uh, and this is what I'm, I'm starting to put some more YouTube videos out now. I'm about to buy a, a physical property. Might buy yes. two and split okay. it up. But yeah. um, the blend between them is just a beautiful thing because you can invest. Say I invest in property mm-hmm. um, and in a year's time or two years time, I invest in a property that is high growth rather than just high yield. From mm-hmm. that growth, I can take out equity and put that mm-hmm. equity into buying an online business. That mm-hmm. online business can give me cash. We can build up another deposit to go into a property. So it mm-hmm. sort of cycles into one another. Nice. Uh, and I, I think it's just a really good blend of investing on based on risk, mm-hmm. uh, not much risk in property, little a return, and then a bit mm-hmm. higher risk in online business, um, but more cash flow that can go into property. Yeah. Um, I think I, I like to invest based off the long, long, long term mm-hmm. um, macro, macro investing. Yeah. yeah. So that makes sense. Uh, but to answer your question from a long winded answer is uh, that's 25, good. 25 to 30. Yeah. That's good. Are there um, like in, in, in real estate investing, there's obviously buyer's agents. Does that exist in the, in the, in this world? <laughs> well, yeah, it does. Um mm-hmm. I'm not one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of people like coming with cash. Can you find me the business I want and buy it? Wow. Um, not not my thing. I, I'm not into it. There's mm-hmm. been some people that have come in with some decent amount of money and like, oh, uh-huh. I've tried to you know have other people do it for me and they're just like presenting crappy deals and yeah. stuff like that. That it's just yeah. not. Uh, so there's the market there if somebody wants to get into it. Um, yeah, I would think if you're really, really good at doing due diligence and, and mm-hmm. negotiating, that would be a great for somebody who has money and doesn't want to spend the time or doesn't really mm-hmm. feel like like they know that if I could have this business, I could easily run this because it's like the one over here that I've already ran. Mm-hmm. But like going through the process of negotiating just seems like, oh my gosh, such a pain. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's right. Like there's definitely the market for it. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, in this space, you've still got like it's still young and it's still new. And whenever you mm-hmm. can earn an income super quick and make money online, mm-hmm. you're gonna have cowboys. 
mm. um, like what I like to cow, call cowboy investors. And you got them in stocks and, and yeah. front and all the stuff. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so it would take some time to build that business model and build a reputation that okay. you deserve. Yeah. yeah, I bet you'd have a lot of students that'd be interested in that, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> that would be interested if you if you recommended somebody. Hey, guys, here's my here's the person that oh, does sure. this. You'd be yeah, bringing that I person mean, some business for sure. Like if I put my brand and my name behind somebody I know and trust, like yeah, yeah like I could refer them and get a referral fee. Yeah, um, which could be an extension of my business for sure. I mean, find a good, really good student that one of your top students yeah. that loves that that loves looking for deals and loves negotiation and build yeah. a business with them, have them be that person and you just funnel deals to them or, or funnel people to them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Huh. I'm pretty, there'd be some insane quality control on it. Yeah, I'm sure. Destroy your reputation. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely a market for it. It really is. And there's a market still for like, heaps of good brokers like there's brokers popping up left right and center yeah the money you can make as a broker is is awesome yeah and the work is minimal compared to i guess going out and actively finding i mean a, a buyer's agents could be brokers at the same time basically that's true that's true yeah yeah. All right. And I want to be respectful of your time, Jared, real quick. I want to ask you about the, we mentioned um, briefly the the content and the personal brand stuff. So how would it work? Like if you had a blog and I bought your oh, blog yeah. and your blog yeah, was yeah. about building online businesses. And I feel like, wow, that audience would be awesome to point to what I'm doing, but obviously I'm not Jared. How do I write like you? What does a deal look like there when it's this person has built up a blog? Um, how does somebody take over that and continue to run it and not have a huge drop off of like people reading it like, wait, what happened to Jared? Yeah. It's a great question. Um, to stick with this one, it's a, it's a tougher one because it's not a big niche. There's not many people that write about this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but this is what I tell people to do is that when you're going to buy a blog, let's just say it's in the health niche. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Women's health. Okay. Whatever that is. Uh, and there's been this mum women blogger who's owned this thing for like four years. She's built it up, mm-hmm. got an audience, got a great message. Yeah. And she's, she writes about how to eat healthy and all that sort of stuff. She's like, Oh my God, I'm about to have a kid. Do I really want to run this business still? Like, yeah. This has happened to me where people are like, oh, Jared, please buy this thing. I'm about to have a kid. <laughs> right. Um, and then looking at it, it's like, well, you got a lot of brand, personal brand attached to it. Is <clears throat> there would be a, a conversion, like an emergence of like removing, not completely removing that person as the face of the business, mm-hmm. but you would have to change, you would have to chant like, they can still be the face of the business, but you'd have to introduce other um, writers if you were the yeah. new writer. So, for example, if I was to buy it as a, I'm not a woman, mm-hmm. uh, not into women's health, but I could still buy the business. Mm-hmm. And what I could do is I could go, look, I want need to keep you the face of the business because you've built it up to be reliant on your personal brand. Yeah. We can change that over time, but it will take time to sort of take you down and build up readership from other people so i would hire writers that are women's in women's health to write and put them on the author page 
Nice. And then I would say, hey, you know, do you want to be a brand brand ambassador? And we'll put links and stuff to your to your site and, you know, we'll build your digital footprint as you build our digital footprint and do it over time without me needing to have a, um, you know, an operation become a woman and yeah. do it myself. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. If you bought that business, would let's say this person's name is Sally. Sally's about yeah. to have a baby. Would Sally go out to her audience and say, Hey guys, about to no. have a baby. As you know, that they Hell wouldn't, no. they would not no. mention at all that she's no, about no, to sell no. the business to a guy named Jared. <laughs> yeah i would never that wouldn't just it wouldn't be good because all the audience is just gonna be like all right all the best thank you for this i'm gone and all the traffic's gone and yeah right. it's um so she'd have to play along like nothing happened but it would be like well, hey we're growing our we're growing our writer writing staff now introduce uh here's here's uh new megan is now part of our team and she's going to write some articles once in a while for us I would say that um, most people found that business or found her blog through Google because they mm-hmm. were searching for a problem for their women's health. Yep. Um, if the business is still providing that value the same or if not better than Sally, mm-hmm. then they shouldn't, they shouldn't be upset. That's true. Um, I wouldn't, uh, it, it doesn't mean that just because Sally's created this awesome resource and she's no longer posting doesn't mean that all of her other content is not still valuable right and valid and yeah. she didn't have a big part of the business sure. maybe she's not active in the business anymore because she sold mm-hmm. a portion of all the whole thing but mm-hmm. i think it's still worth keeping her as a part of that brand and a part of that business because she is yeah um whereas like if you to say i'm gone uh I'm Sally, I'm done. And this other person's going to deal with it. Like, it's kind of like she's, she's also devaluing all of the work that she's put in of going, everything I've just done means nothing anymore. Yes. Whereas it doesn't because it's still on the site and it's still valuable and still people are going to find it through Google. Yeah. So I would say do it authentically for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it's necessary for the, audience to know because the audience may be like hmm i'm still trying to be healthy as a healthy woman mm-hmm. and and sally's gone but these other people are writing these other articles mm-hmm. and they still need support and health um for themselves moving right. forward into the future you'd also be doing a disservice to that audience by telling um by me being sally saying hey i'm out of here right yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So it's a tricky, you can see there's a tricky yeah. combination of things that need to go into it, but sure. it can definitely be done. And I've done it with I'm, I'm helping people do it. So wonderful. And I imagine that's what you help your students through. If like I was one of your students, I'd be like, hey, Jared, I got this opportunity. I'm really interested in this blog business, but yeah. Sally owns it and it's women's health. I think it works perfectly with my other business, but how do I navigate this? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely navigatable. Yeah. Um, and also Sally would take a haircut on the multiple and the value she'd get on the right. business because of that. It wouldn't sure. be a huge haircut, right. um, but yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Oh yeah. my gosh. Jared, this has been enormously valuable. How can people um, find you? What's your the place where you want them to go to learn more about you? And I'll put a, I'll put my, my link if anybody wants to, you know, take advantage of any of your courses, but um, where's yeah, your, sure. your site? 
Thanks, man. I really appreciate being on here. It's It's been a fun chat. It hasn't been super orchestrated in way of like some other blog podcasts right. and stuff. And I love that you are interested because the questions have been so good. Good. I'm um, glad. I'm genuinely, genuinely interested for sure. Yeah. This is good stuff. Yeah. yeah thank you. Uh, if people do want to find out more, they can just go to buying online businesses. Dot com. So buying online businesses, plural.com. What Chuck a great domain it. too. My goodness. <laughs> yeah. I got rid of that. I got that for 15 bucks. <laughs> no way. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I got it got back in 2016. Okay. So what's that? What's that? That's like five, five years. years ago now. Yeah. yeah. That's mm. so cool. Well, thank you for reaching out to me. This has been very fascinating. Let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Um, I'll check out your stuff because I'm, I may be interested in being a student. I, I want, I need, you know, what's so interesting, Jared is like, there's so many opportunities online and you just yeah. got to stay in your lane. Like, oh, you know, yeah. I could probably talk to you about Amazon and you'd be like, Ooh, interesting Amazon. But then no, no, you need to focus on what you're doing and what's yeah. working for you right now. Um, yeah. That's where I'm at. But this is very, if I could find, I would be interested in something maybe that would kind of compliment. I wouldn't want it to be a whole different opportunity that now I, distracts me from what I'm doing now and serving this audience. But if it could complement my current business in some way and just adding it onto it, and it's not like extra hours, it's just adding a product line or just something like that, that makes sense. Then that's where I think I would be interested in buying something. Yeah. It's, it's, you've got leverage and it's so fascinating to be able to buy something with leverage. Um, and plug it in, you know, even just buying it and having that business run alongside and funnel traffic into your core products and then have email marketing promotions of your core product to that email list and writing on that blog post about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's really cool. That's cool. Yeah. Love it. Well, thank you so much for doing this. This has been a, thank you. a pleasure chatting with you, learning about what you do. And guys, check out his stuff. Going to buyingonlinebusinesses.com. Check out his stuff. He's got an awesome YouTube channel. His videos are really, really good too. And uh, Jared, thank you so much. Appreciate this. Thanks and so I'll let you know when this podcast airs and I'll, um, yes. yeah, I, it'll be probably be a few weeks, but I'll, I'll get it to you. And yeah, you know, my podcast comes out every Friday. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'd so, love yeah. to share this around. It was just such a great chat. Yeah. It really was. Awesome. Well, have a great day. I know you're on for you. It's now Wednesday, right? Wednesday. Yeah. So you're, you're Tuesday evening. Tuesday night. Yep. (laughs) Well, have an awesome Wednesday, my friend. Good, good to meet you. Thank you. Enjoy your Wednesday to come. (laughs) All right. See you. See you, Ryan. Bye. Bye Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.